I'm Rich Chang. And I am Jay Rosenthal, and this is your Peak Daily for Thursday, September 21st, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech, all in less than seven minutes. Like a jealous, rich husband in a 1930s pulp paperback, Canada's federal telecoms regulator, they've hired private investigator. Now, the CRTC revealed that it sought out the services of engineering firm Zona, next Zona Partners, in May to investigate last year's Rogers outage, which we were both together for, Jen, remember. But the company's report drops in October, though we doubt it'll feature any hard-boiled slang that you might have seen in past detective works. What you, what's your theory on what caused the outage, Jim? I don't know. What do they say it was? It's like too many overlapping new things, like all, like overall system failure. I think it's extremely technical. I think that's the most likely answer. Although at the time we were thinking some like Russian hack or something. Yeah. All I know, Brett, two things. Two things I know about that day. One, I did get to spend the day with you, which was nice. The second is that from that day, my card wasn't working and I still owe you lunch. Well, absolutely. And I'll never forget that. Third that I'll mention, just a shout out, we went to Loga's Corner from Momo's in Toronto. And Loga himself, the man who owned the store, he offered us like to for us to pay him the next day. Like yeah. He was going to loan us the Momo's. I thought that yes. was a very nice gesture. Best Momo's in town. So shout, out to, shout out to Loga's Corner from that day. <laughs> we didn't pay him though. Well, you paid him. I didn't pay him. I, I paid him and Jay, you still owe me lunch. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, I, that's a takeaway. Well, next week we will have Momo's together. Brett, aside what we'll be having for lunch in a few weeks and whatever caused the Rogers outage, what do we have for Peak Pals today? For our first story, India escalates beef with Canada. For our second story, Toronto ponders EV mandates for Uber's taxis. And for our last story, who needs a passport when you've got your face? We'll get to that question. For our first story, remember the good old days of Canadian and Indian leaders forging economic ties and frankly posing for some kind of cringy photos? I sure remember that, but that time is behind us, Brett. What are we doing now? What is it all about Indo-Canadian relations? It's been a tough week. Yeah, so India hit Canada with a travel advisory yesterday, making it pretty awkward for the scores of Indian nationals who call Canada home. 319,000 Indian international students now advised to exercise extreme caution amidst growing anti-India activities. Now to catch you up, the move is in response to Canadian intelligence reports claiming that India might be to blame for the June killing of Sikh separatist leader Hardeep Singh Nijar. Prime Minister Modi's government denies the allegations, calling them politically motivated. And this all matters, obviously, because the row comes as India tries to position itself as a global leader. This year, Western nations have relentlessly courted the most populous nation in the world as they look for a potential security partner in the Asia-Pacific and a new production hub to replace China. This whole killing a citizen on foreign soil thing is a bad look for a country on the rise, drawing unflattering comparisons to rogue states the West just doesn't like. Now to zoom out, that said, could be Canada that loses favor. While the U.S. has backed Canada, other allies like the U.K. looking to secure a free trade deal with India and Australia, whose PM calls Modi the boss earlier this year, not Bruce Springsteen, right. but that's Narendra Modi, Jay, uh, have been less vocal in their support. Springsteen can really sing, though, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> now, what's next? The travel advisory could be a sign of further retaliation to come, potentially in the trade arena. India's status as the fastest growing major economy has made it a desirable target for increased trade. This ambition could be scuttled by this latest dispute. And the bottom line is, with Nijar's murder still under investigation, this newfound bad blood looks far from over. 
For our second story, ride-sharing in Toronto could become an eco-friendly way to travel, which might make you feel a little bit better about all the Uber charges. How's this going to work, Jay? Well, following the lead of cities like Amsterdam and New York, Toronto is considering requiring vehicles for hire like taxis, Ubers, and Lyfts to be zero emissions by 2031 under a new recommendation by the Municipal Licensing and Standards Division. Recommendations include allocating city funds towards offsetting the cost of transitioning to EVs, as well as expanding charging infrastructure in the city. Now, according to Global News, there are about 1,800 public charging stations in the city of Toronto, falling well short of the expected demand as drivers shift toward EVs. Now, to zoom out once again, James. Uber and Lyft, two of the world's biggest ride-sharing platforms, have committed to achieving net zero emissions across their fleets. Uber, in particular, is working to create a net zero mobility platform in Canada, the U.S., and Europe by 2030, with a global goal set for 2040. Ride-sharing apps have to strike a delicate balance between rider demand and driver supply. That's why hailing an Uber in the rain can cost you, I don't know, like four times more than just regular times. And right now, with few requirements to become a driver, here's a steady supply of cars that keep surge pricing at bay and rides available within minutes. The bottom line is, if the barrier to entry for driving an Uber becomes an electric-powered car, riders could suffer from a lack of driver supply without the proper investments that could be in place. For our third and final story today, physical passports and boarding passes could go the way of smoking sections on airplanes thanks to biometric technology. I'm excited about this one, Jay. So here's how it'll work. Next year, Singapore's Changi Airport, ranked among the world's best, will roll out a biometric system that lets travelers take off without having to flash their passports. The change will streamline operations as the airport welcomes more jet setters. Airports and airlines worldwide are experimenting with biometric IDs. Since 2018, smart gates at Dubai International Airport have been verifying identities while travel hubs like Tokyo, Hong Kong, and London all have some facial recognition technology. Now, in the U.S., major airlines, American, Delta, and United, as well as the TSA, have been testing out biometric check-in options at certain airports. I actually went through this. I think it was in Fort Lauderdale last year. In Canada, Air Canada began a pilot program this year where passengers on certain flights between Winnipeg and Vancouver could use a digital face print instead of a boarding pass. And it matters because biometric IDs promise to trim time spent for the most headache-inducing parts of air travel, like bag drops and boarding, making the flying experience more efficient. Faster processing could also help improve Canadian Airlines' dismal on-time performance. Delta Airlines director Greg Forbes claims that using biometrics can reduce bag drop times from our four minutes down to just 30 seconds. But the aviation industry is a prime target for cybercrime. Air Canada faced a cyber attack literally yesterday. So if handing over vital biometric data just to have extra time to idly browse relay the scores in the airports doesn't sound like a good deal to you, well, we at least understand. It sounds like a good deal to relay. Peak Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to business news podcast in Canada. If you got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review while you have extra time at the airport. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at repeak.com. Thank you, Brad. Have a great Thursday, Peak Pals. Peak Pals.